Yes. On the line with us is Haverhill School Superintendent Margaret Morata. And, and Margaret, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Good morning to you, Wynn, and good morning to your audience. Ah, well, thank you so much. Hey, uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, you had the uh, the school committee meeting last night, so it was a, <laughs> you didn't get much sleep, I bet. <laughs> it's a long um, Thursday night, absolutely, but we get used to it. So. What? It's a good evening. We we had a a, a good school committee meeting. Yeah, and, and you get to uh, well, it sounds like you get to walk away with pockets full of cash, <laughs> which always makes for a good evening. That's right. Um, if you recall, back in in July when we typically um, finalize our budget and get the, all the numbers in line, the, the state wasn't ready to determine what the funding would look like for schools. Um, so it's taken them a few months to come to the point where they were confident in the money that they could give us for what's called Chapter 70 money, um, which funds our schools, um, over and above last year. Um, so we just got um, a semi-final number, um, and enough that we're confident in it. And um, we ended up with an additional $4.9 million this year in Haverhill. So it was really fun to work with the, the team in, in central office and the principals and the schools and think about how, how we can spend. Four point nine million dollars. It goes amazingly quick in a school district the size of Haverhill. Well, I, I imagine it would. Yeah, <laughs> my gosh, can, I, I can just imagine the uh, the look on your face when you realized how much additional money was going to be coming in. Yeah, we were really pleased. I mean, we back in the spring um, we had expected to be increased by almost six million dollars just by the way they had changed the funding formula. There was a t- lot of talk of that. Um, and the needs in Haverhill. And also, people don't know this, but when we went from half-day kindergarten to full-day kindergarten, we actually picked up an additional $2.5 million because the, we get a per-pupil expenditure, and instead of kids counting as half a pupil, they counted as a full pupil. So so that was a nice chunk of change for us, too. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, if I uh, if I see the, the story correctly, uh, the state owes you a little bit of money for, for doing that, going to full-day kindergarten? Yep, $2.5 million. It's a nice, nice, tidy sum. My gosh, I, I would imagine so. That'll buy you a nice house and a vacation and all types of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to buy us some HVAC repairs and some teachers and probably some curriculum. But, yeah, you could spend it other ways. <laughs> hey, uh, tell me, uh, some of the things that uh, that you were looking to uh, the boost, I guess, was uh, substitute teachers. You need more substitutes? We desperately need substitutes. We can use use this opportunity to say anyone who's out there that's interested in, in teaching um, that maybe has even a, a, no background, particularly in teaching, but an interest in a bachelor's degree, um, we'd love um, for people to, to, you know, contact our HR office. Um, difficult time right now with COVID. Um, lots of people out in the school. People are afraid to substitute. And uh, honestly, we um, it's difficult to find substitutes anytime. Um, so what we've decided to do is to put a, a permanent substitute in each building um, so that they can kind of float around to the openings. Uh, so we'll be looking to fill those. Oh, wow. So if if you're going to be a substitute teacher, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll let you know that as somebody uh, in between, radio's a, a, a weird business, but uh, in between jobs, somebody said, hey, you ought to be a substitute teacher. But <laughs> but you, all you need is the, the bachelor's degree, huh? You do. You do the teacher's plan, and they leave plans for the the uh, the teacher, the substitute. Um, and you know, we kind of try to rely on online curriculums and things when the teachers are out. But yeah, 
Yeah, so we have, you know, those are going to be full-time school year jobs, so it won't kind of be like go to Golden Hill this day, go to Penn Lake the other. It'll be your stations in the school and kind of settle in, and we'll make sure we use you. We have plenty of need. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and the good thing about staying at one school is you get to uh, get to know the kids. Exactly. You can start to feel like part of the community at the school. It's a nice feeling. All right. So so you're working with the finance subcommittee to uh, to figure that out as far as uh, what to do with the additional state money and the HVAC system. So I guess with the with the COVID-19, I, you've uh, you've uh, really have realized I'm sure you knew ahead of time anyway, but you really realized uh, how much the HVAC systems need work. It appears, yeah, that over the years, as things have broken, rather than fixing them, they were perhaps shut off. Um, so many things have been shut down for, you know, eight, ten years. Um, and people didn't notice because they're sort of individual systems, and maybe the room was a little hot or a little cold, but overall the other rooms compensated for it. All right. But uh, now, it, now it really it shows because we really need that air exchange in the rooms. So we have to go back and, and fix many things. Uh, I, I kind of do the same thing around my house. If it breaks, I, I just ignore it. <laughs> so I get that. But uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about the uh, the, the remote learning too. Is is that um, getting? I guess moving along more smoothly than it was at the beginning. I think it is. Um, I think a lot of the, the families, particularly that are in the remote learning academy, or or even the hybrid are, um, you know, some of the remote learning category, very happy with it, very pleased with the sort of level of rigor and the engagement um, for the, the students there. Um, and I think even the hybrid, which has teachers sort of teaching students in front of them and at home, which is a challenge and which we're all struggling with. But I, I think they're, you know, everybody's getting a little bit more comfortable with it and a little better at it. Um, I think we'd all are longing for the days when we have all the kids in front of us, though. Well, do you? Um, I'm just curious. Do you, do you think uh, things are going to get, I guess, uh, uh, back to normal this year, this school year, or do you think it's going to be next school year? Just, just a guess. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I guess I'm. I'm sort of thinking it's going to be next year. I, I don't. I don't see it happening necessarily this year. I mean, who am I? What? What? What do I know? But. Um, just based on sort of what, we, what we're hearing, it seems unlikely that even if we do get a vaccine, then enough people will be vaccinated. And, you know, we've kind of committed to stay where we are until the state of emergency is listed in Massachusetts. So, um, well, there, uh, something else is, as far as what happened last night, I, I guess that um, uh, you wanted to uh, kind of, besides uh, additional monies for substitute teachers, you you wanted to have more human resources support. What's that all about? Yeah. Well, our human resources department is now also sort of the hub for any kind of staff member that might have a, a question or a need regarding COVID. And we have many people quarantining at any given time, whether it's because of a family member or somebody in their life somewhere, whether it's at school or at home, might have COVID. And so there's just pretty much constantly... Um, questions around that and conversations with the Department of Public Health and our nursing department and staff members. Um, there's a lot going on there. Now, I, I was just thinking if you, uh, uh, one of the nice things about the uh, remote learning is if you're quarantining, you can still teach. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Not if, not, not if our teachers are sick, but if they're just quarantining as a safety precaution, they are still teaching. And the kids who are quarantining are also able to still go to school remotely. Oh, that's right, too. Yeah, that, uh, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that, that is a good point right there. Yeah. Well, uh, is there anything else that uh, came up at the school committee meeting last night that you wanted to tell folks about? Well, I think there was a, a, a number of uh, people um, sort of at public comment sort of advocating on behalf of our paraprofessionals um, whose contract is, is, is coming up, and we're negotiating that now. And I, I think they just wanted to make it really clear to the school committee and the community how, how hard um, this group of people works and how dedicated they are to the school system. And they are, you know, not um, highly paid. Um, for the, the really great work that they do. So I think there were a lot of great shout-outs to our paraprofessional, so that was exciting. So the uh, the paraprofessional would be like a, a teacher's aide? Correct. Yeah, yeah. the people many times that work the, the closest with some of our neediest students. All right. Well, that's uh, I know that's a that's a very important job. Uh, my wife at one point she she was a teacher's aide. She did it for a couple of years, and she actually had the same student all through all that time. But uh, yeah, it's very important, and you have to work uh, closely with the with the uh, head teacher in the in the classroom. Absolutely, absolutely. It takes a, a special person to do it well, and we're fortunate to have many people um, who are superior. ESPs and Haverhill, so, you know, shout out to them. A uh, quick question as well. I, w- I was thinking on Wednesday, it was a, a federal holiday, and uh, if Wednesday was a remote learning day for, for all the teachers, uh, how how does that work? So um, we have agreements with, with our union around specifically what it, what it means. Um, our teachers um, can, at that point, work from um, their home because their children may be remote as well or from um, their classroom. And um, we have a slightly different schedule on Wednesdays. We have live teaching at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. And the middle of the day is more online and assignments for students so that the teachers can plan and have professional development and kind of learn about um, this new mode of teaching we've all been thrown into. Well, it sounds like, uh, it, uh, it, to me, it sounds very complicated, but uh, uh, for, for somebody <laughs> like you. you are correct. <laughs> well, uh, if you're working with it every day, uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it gets better, I would imagine. I, I think I think it's getting a little better. I will say that our, our teachers are, are working really hard to, to learn new things and to serve our kids well. And I think everybody's just a little tired and looking forward to maybe a little holiday break. All right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll let you uh, take a quick morning nap before you go into work. How's that? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I'm already there, but <laughs> okay. maybe I can nap at my desk. Oh, oh that's okay. Yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody asks me, well, I, I was just thinking. <laughs> With your eyes closed? Yes, of course. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much, and uh, and we'll be chatting with you again before you know it. All right. Sounds good, Wynn. Thank you. All righty. Haverhill School Superintendent Margaret Morata, our guest this morning. You're on the Wave 97.9 WHAV. Wake up with Wynn Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV.